Hey all, I'm Kevin Kaufman, one half of the Kevin and Fred Show. This is our podcast and we thank you so much for listening to it, where we bring you real estate information five days a week. On Monday, I interview an expert in the industry. On Tuesday, we bring to you the industry headlines, all of the happenings over the last seven days going on in the industry. On Wednesdays and Fridays, we bring you a segment called iMinute, which is all about the iBuyer space in a short one to two minute format. And on Thursdays, we bring to you our weekly business tips. So sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. We would love to hear your feedback. Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. Hey, it's Kevin and Fred. Do you have a referral for us here in Phoenix? There are 30,000 agents here that you could send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com slash referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. Hey guys, Kevin here. Today on the podcast, my guest is a friend of mine, Jeff Quinton. Jeff is uh, in New Jersey, literally Jersey Shore. Really good guy, really smart. He has been in the industry for, gosh, 28 years now, I believe. Um, and he shared a lot of cool things with me. We had a really good conversation um, in regards to his business and kind of the industry, all of the different things that are going on right now. Um in the world and how we're having to adjust in our businesses. Jeff's one of the best. This guy has been through all sorts of markets, ups and downs, good and bad, you name it. Uh, he sells over 175 homes a year in a very, very small market. So I hope you enjoy my conversation today with one of the best in, best in the industry. I know that I did. Welcome Jeff Quinton to the podcast. All right, we're back with the Kevin and Fred show, and today I'm joined by my friend, Jeff Quinton. Jeff, how are you doing today, my man? Doing, doing well. Doing well, Kevin. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. I'm glad we finally got a chance to get this on the calendar. So, Jeff, um, let's do this, man. Let's start out. Tell everybody where you're from, kind of what your like home market is now. We're going to talk a little bit about expansion because uh, like like my business partner Fred and I, you're one of those weirdos where you've got sales going on in more than one area. But let's like let's talk about home base first, where you're from and uh, how long you've been in the business and like, you know, when you got started. Sure. No, I appreciate it. So I, I live and work in Ocean City, New Jersey, which is in southern New Jersey. So if you guys uh, can picture the southern part all the way down towards Atlantic City, that's the area I service is our our home market or hub base market, which is all about, you know, about 60 miles away from Philadelphia. And that's kind of um, where our primary of our, our clients come from. So our business is primarily uh, a secondary resort uh, vacation home market. We service a lot of absentee owners and, and uh, second home owners, but we also service the mainland side, which is the primary home owner side as well. So um, we cover a very large group, maybe like 40 miles from, um, you know, from one island, we call it to another we work on an island. So I live and work on an island. So it's only seven miles long by one mile wide and has a small population year round of about 12,000. Um, so anyway, I live here in, in Southern New Jersey and uh, been in the business since 92. And then we've um, expanded outside into other markets and the primary market we've expanded to is the Outer Banks, North Carolina. Awesome, man. Well, cool. Yeah. Let's, so that is a really small home market, man. Like you give me an idea of like, First of all, let's do this. Actually, as it pertains to your home market, your hub, like give me the idea of like what's the transaction count you're going through 
annually, say average of the last couple of years? Yeah, so our team will average at the hub, I mean, each year annually. Um, we're going to be showing 175 and 200 units. That's typically what we'll, we'll do. I mean, we've gotten in the peak markets as much as like 260-ish, um, you know, in, in the hub or the, this local market. The market itself, like say Ocean City only does about 2,000, you know, maybe 2,300 sides a year. So we're talking about, you know, there's times we would have 10% market, you know, in a small area. Yeah, as far as that. So think about that. Like it's, you know, it's percentage wise, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, you know, very small area. And that's why it's, it's challenging for us is that for us to go ahead and do a lot more units and more volume, we've got to become very much extroverted and go way outside of our market. So expansion for us to do a lot more is kind of, I have to expand, you know, to do a bunch more because it's just not available for us. I mean, it's available, but at the same time, you know, it, it's the reality of, you know, how much more market share can one take when you have a small area, 19 brokerages, you know, 500 agents all competing. You know, it's very small. So, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you're like, you're like the example of, hey, you got your, your business, you've got to be so big. I mean, you literally had to go somewhere else to be able to keep growing. I mean, I mean, I guess theoretically you could go beyond 10%, but that is just such a massive amount of market share. You don't really hear that. Like, um, you know, I think about for someone to do that here in Phoenix, my home base, oh. you'd literally have to be doing eight to 10,000 deals a year to have 10%. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's silly. 10% market share. That's just silly, silly market share, man. How do you build that? Like, so you mentioned you, you got real, you got licensed in 92, right? Is that what you said? Yep. 92. Yep. Right out of high school. I mean, I literally, literally what happened was I, I mean, I got into real estate right out of high school. I used to work at a bank and, um, Give you a little back on the story how I got in. I, I used to go from, from school, go home, put like a nice dress shirt on and a tie, go to the bank, and I'd be there at three o'clock. I worked from three to like six thirty seven. I worked in the uh, upstairs, um, like the financial uh, loan department, all and filing and stuff like that. And then uh, then there was an opportunity after I graduated high school. I said, you know what? I'm cooked up in this office. I want to be out in the public. And then they put me on the drive through. So I became a teller. Back then, the drive-through was like, like you know, that's where you went to cash your checks, and it was, you know, Friday nights there'd be, you know, the cars would be lined up out to the parking lot, and wrapped around. Anyway, in the process of that, I got to meet a lot of broker broker owners, uh, agents. I got to see them come through in their nice fancy cars, and I'd see other their commission checks being cashed. And I was looking at my check, looking at their check, and I'm saying, man, if this guy can do it, I can do this. And I uh, got inspired and got my license and, you know, six months later. Well, actually, not six months later. It's about probably a year later because I failed the test like four times getting there and uh, jumped right in. That's Dude, went. that's awesome. I didn't know you had that, that banking background. I was a teller too. Uh, for you? Right, right after high school, yeah. So um, yeah. I don't know why I had no business do, having a job with that kind of detail. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I digress. So let's. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So you get started then in 92, I mean, how do you, you're a kid. I mean, you're literally, you're a kid when you start. How did you start building your business? Where did you find deals when you're that young? So, you know, the, the, I, I share this story and if I'm teaching Mark Centers or wherever, and this is kind of how it kind of goes. Basically, I mean, at age 19, back in the early 90s, there wasn't a lot of young real estate agents. Today, there's a, there's a ton of them, right? But so it was, it was more of a, a veteran, you know, established type of, older uh, agents that all the brokerages had. So I went to one brokerage and um, uh, actually the the brokerage I wanted to work for, 
And they were like 45, 50% market share in Ocean City. So they were the dominant player. Like everybody wanted to work there. I went there, there's two owners there. And um, one had said, you know, yes, I'll hire him. The other one said, no, he's too young, doesn't have experience. And so they were going to get back to me, but one said yes, one said no. I ended up leaving, go to another small little brokerage that hired me on the spot. And I was working there at nights and um, trying to get some things going. And then a week later, the other first brokerage calling back said, okay, we'll take you. We're going to put you all the way down at the south end of the island. So I went down there, started, jumped right in. And basically, you know, I, I, I learned fairly quickly, uh, the manager that was there was pretty supportive and said, hey, look, you know what, um, you know, um, you're young and, and you don't really have a database, right? I didn't have a center of influence list. So what I did was I said, well, I don't, I don't really know anybody. I know my college or my, uh, my, my uh, high school friends, right? And they're all in college and they're not buying any houses. So I said, but here's what I do know. I know all my friends' parents. So I took my yearbook, right? And literally went through my yearbook, went to, to, to the white pages at the time and went through and got all their phone numbers. And I started prospecting, started picking up. That was my center of influence list. It was my freaking high school yearbook. So I'd call them and say, hey, it's Jeff. I got into real estate. Remember me? I'm friends with your, your son, your daughter, whatever. And, you know, do you, do you have any interest in real estate? Like, you know, whatever. And that was my script or whatever. So my very first listing was a, a girlfriend of mine that I was friends with. Her dad owned an investment property in town outside of their home, their primary home. We listed that. And then, and then I, and I ended up getting a buyer call on that. And that buyer ended up buying that. And then ended up listing that buyer's home. And then just snowballed. But it all started from a yearbook. So when people say to us, I don't know anybody, whatever. I mean, there's a database out there. Literally, we used to go and take white pages of a phone book, and we would actually just call through the phone book. Like, literally, start at the A's and go through. Or go from the, the you know, in our area code, the prefix is 399. We would do 609-399-1000, We just dial each number and just randomly call numbers. That's what we did. Dude, wow. that that is first of all that's gangster i love that story literally taking the yearbook uh i also love the piece of like just dial just get the prefix and then just start dialing a number then the next number and the next number i mean so obviously when you're let me ask you this so when you're that you know you're kind of early on in your career you you've got some you've got at least a little rapport a little bit to go in with with the i'll call it the yearbook parents right but on the white page stuff and the stuff where you're just dialing numbers are you looking for people that are looking to do something right now? Or are you looking for people to add to your database or both? I mean, what was that like? So in the beginning back then, I didn't really know either way. Like I didn't even know what a database was, right? That's all it was. It was just a way that, Hey, we just knew that right now. I didn't know how many people and I just got to find it. I had to go create the opportunity. And then from there, just you know, asking the right questions. But one thing I learned in the beginning was, um, so my manager, he said to me, he goes, okay, so, you know, call your database or, or call your, your yearbook or whatever. Try to find out who you know. That was number one. Um, and then from, from working at the bank, I kind of knew some business owners. So I'd call them a little bit from the center of influence of that. That was that. The next thing that I did, though, was he was real big on expires. Or he said, I think you should call it expired listings. So at the time, back then, the expires are only published once a month. And then you had to go to, like, the board office to pick up a list of the expires. And the MLS book was, like, an inch thick. And it published the MLS book and all the expires in the back. And then you have to come back and, and then do all the research. There wasn't the internet back then. So it wasn't like you could look up a phone number you know, online. So we did the research and call that. And then my, my manager said, well, here, here's a script, follow the script. And it was a, it was an old fluid Wickman sweat hog script. If you guys remember that back in the day, and it was just an expired script. So I got on the phone and I would just go to the expire, just read the script and what was cool is, I mean, literally in like the first two months after doing it, I ended up getting like 14 listings in a month. I crushed it with listings. Like I was just listing, but I didn't know what I was doing. I would just go list something and at whatever price. I just was just listing everything. 
And um, so I get, but the challenge was that I would actually go out on the appointments. I could get the appointments. I didn't have a problem, you know, calling and, and, and getting appointments. The problem was I'd show up and I'd just baby face 19 years old. And then the clients were like, you know, who are you? Like, look, look over my shoulder. Like, where am I? Where's your dad? You know? And I wouldn't get, I wouldn't be able to get the contract signed. So there's many times that I got a lot of contracts signed, but there's many I didn't. I'd come back to the office and I would, I would simply just tell the, the manager, like I went on the appointment, but they thought I was too young or unexperienced. He goes, all right, well, you got to become better scripted. And he said, look, you know, what you got to do is really master these scripts. Let's look at the objections. So he taught me this early. And um, from there, um, what I became, what I learned was that I have to make sure that my script, I'm so well scripted that before I go out on the appointment, that, you know, 90% of it's already done. Like it's 90% preparation, 10% execution. So that I could just go out and already have it so well scripted and, and pre-programmed and send all my pre-packet information to them and just go out and then close with the signature. So that's what I've adopted since, you know, since still to this day, especially what we're going through now with, with you know, over the phone and, and Zoom presentations. We've been, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time, you know, with, with presenting over the phone, if you will, or with absentee owners. You know. That's, you know, I'm glad you said that. So um, obviously you and I, so we're recording this right now and we're in the middle of, you know, stay at home orders in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. But I mean, let's go backwards a couple months before this started. Like, were you still like preparing the same way? Like, do you still believe like, hey, 90% of your work is done before you actually get to that appointment? Yeah, for sure. Yep. I mean, we're, we're sending out, a, you know, a, a pre-listing package by email, dropping it off if necessary, a why hire me video, our market analysis, our listing agreement, all the documents ahead of time. Uh, everything's get prices in what we suggest. Net sheet, like everything is being sent to them ahead of time. If, it's a, if we have to go face-to-face, -face, it's all being dropped off or sent by email as well. If it's over the phone, everything is been, being sent to them by email so that when we call and follow up, and it's just, uh, did you have a chance to review the information and what price do you want to go ahead and get started? And you've already, we've already docu-signed the agreement. Let's uh, just, just modify that price and get it back to us. So, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's solid. So, uh, that's how we've been doing it. So, that's, so you started building your business that way and just kind of kept, kept going through, like crushing it on the phone and then building. I'm assuming that eventually you realized you did have a circle of influence, right? You have, you have these people that became, you know, clients and they became probably repeat clients and, and referral sources for you. Um, give me an idea today when you look at your business, how much of that is uh, repeat referral and how, versus how much of it is new prospecting? So it's, it's a mix. I mean, the, the major portion of our business now is the three, it's past clients, centers of influence and referrals from that group that all right there represents about 50, 55%. Um, so if I combine all that together, agent to agent referrals, like inbound agent referrals is, is another strong one. And then, um, which is about maybe another 10 ish percent. And then rest of it's going to be expires and, um, and just listed, just solds and, you know, a couple other little things, you know, buyer, buyer stuff that's inquiries and things like that. But it's about 65% listing driven, 35% buyer sales. So when you, you know, I got a question for you because we've always done a lot of uh, agent to agent referrals as well. Um, and our, you know, you, mine and you, like our paths initially crossed at Keller Williams when I was there, we were in same mastermind together. Uh, when you are generating these agent to agent referrals, are you being like purposeful about 
maybe the eight, like this, you mentioned, like you're only, what, 60 miles from Philadelphia. Like, are you networking with certain agents in certain areas that where you know there's a high concentration of people that come to your area? Or is it just kind of your natural network that you've built over the years in the industry? It's a, it's a combination of both. I mean, naturally, because of the reputation of, of that natural referrals that come in, but very purposeful for putting agents in campaigns and, and, and educating them on what we're doing um, and reaching out to them directly. Uh, we have, an, we have a, also what we call as a, a referral rewards program. So when somebody actually sends us a, a, a referral, we're going to reward them with a Starbucks card and say, thanks so much for referring. You know, referrals are the lifeline of our business. Have a, have a coffee on us. Once it closes, we then send them a, a um, Johnson's popcorn thing, which is localized here from our boardwalk, wrapped in cellophane. It's a branded tin that gets sent to their, their office. So it shows up at their office. It's a nice presentation. So they get that and they like that. So, so we, we are a little purposeful. We reward them. We set them up um, and, um, and we reach out and I've got campaigns that are always communicating to them. I mean, all the time. That's real smart, man. That's, that's real smart. I think, especially in a, in a market like yours, where it's so much driven with second homes and, and vacation rentals and, you know, or vacation well, rentals and stuff. Yeah. I mean, for us, you know, what we did is, I mean, the, you know, the agents in our region are outside, let's say the Philadelphia area, you know, greater Philly agents, you know, that's where our clients come from. So they have our clients already and their databases typically who they're, they're working with them as a primary home. And it's, we're training them to ask also, Hey, do you have a second home at the shore? We call it at the shore at the beach. So do you have a second home at the shore? And if you say, great, well, I thought about selling that as well. We're buying an additional property. I got an agent down there that can refer to you. So we try to train them when part of their scripting is always asking about, do they own another home? And then vice versa, you know, we have now, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, obviously um, our database is all secondary homeowners. And if we find someone here, that we say to them, okay, I understand you want to sell your home here at, you know, one, two, three banana street in ocean city, but have you given any thought about selling your home at, you know, one, two, three apple street in Philly? Well, I have thought about it. Great. Well, I've got either an expansion partner there, or I've got an agent that I refer to there as a, um, a preferred agent. We'll go ahead and get them to call you. And so that, that, you know, back and forth outbound and inbound referrals for that market. Yeah, I would imagine. So some that, you know, just, appeared to me or thought, you know dawned on me is obviously you've been in the market a while you've probably done a really great job at uh, staying in touch with your with your clients I, I I know for a fact just because the statistics right most real estate agents don't so I would imagine there's people that might have been referred to you 20 years ago they don't know their their original agent that referred them to you initially anymore and so they're looking you know or maybe that person's not even in the business anymore so right. I guess, yeah those people are probably looking for help and how you, that would be another whole prime like income source for your business by doing those outbound referrals for where your vacation, you know, owners live. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's part of a strategy every year. You know, it's how many inbound or outbound can we, I mean, it's a smaller part of the business, but it's, it's still it's a good chunk of it. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty cool. I love how too, you talked about like kind of training your referral partners around how to ask and because you know, it's a win-win they're making more money that way. You're making more money that way. And, uh, also make sure that both agents, you know, end up looking good to the client, which is important. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. So, okay. So let's, let's go into expansion a little bit. So you've got, you mentioned the outer banks, right? Is that, is that what you said? Uh, tell me a little Correct. bit about yep, that. Listen. Tell me about that part of your business. Yeah. So, so the outer banks is uh, it's also a secondary vacation resort market and um, it's in North Carolina and it's an Island. So it's very similar to the hub. It's natural for me to be able to, learn and work and be able to speak the language of a, a resort market. Um, so 
that, that was brought to me through um, um, one of our uh, prior um, expansion directors this is an opportunity that independent company that's been there established for 40 years. Um, they actually have five offices because they do a lot of, a lot of uh, vacation rentals. We didn't take over the vacation rental side. We ended up going to this company, it's an independent called Resort Realty, and merging with them and taking over their sales division side. So they had they, they, the company before, or the manage, management leadership before inside of it, kind of took their eye off the ball on the sales side. And so some agents were leaving and they were leaving other brokerages and stuff coming in and they needed some help. So this opportunity came along and I said, well, we'd love to be able to look at it and expand down there. So ultimately, so today, um, we started in September and now it's you know, April 20. Um, we've, uh, we manage more or less, um, you know, expanded with 21 agents in the Outer Banks um, and we occupy two offices of the five. So we have, we have basically operates like a mega agent office, more or less, but there's two of them. Um, and then there's the market center of KW that sits outside of that. And we kind of run independent of it, like any mega agent office does. Um, but, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're looking to build that right now a lot and bringing the systems and models and, and, you know, our coaching and training and sources into that market and really grow it. Like we know how to do, you know, from here. All right. So tell me about this, Jeff, cause I don't get to talk to many agents who also run an expansion business, but what has having, what is, what is having a team and agents outside of your home market kind of taught you and like, what are some of those lessons you've come across now that you've been doing this? Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of lessons and we, and we've gone, you know, this was a little bit different model because it was an independent and we came in and took over another office. Right. So it wasn't like we expanded with just one or two agents in another location. So these guys are a little bit different because they're, they're already on a higher split. They're, um, they're used to, they're all independent, right? So they're all doing their own thing. They have their own branding, they have their own everything. So what we've decided right now, in at least the first year is we're not going to mess around with a lot of their, their ways. Um, we're coming in empowering their business and giving them a CRM and giving them some tools and the coaching and training to get their production up, uh, you know, to a higher level. Um, so, so this model is a little bit different per se. Um, and other areas we've expanded to, I mean, some things that I've learned is you, you've got to make sure that if you go to a different market, that the average sales price is one at which it has to be um, profitable, right? So that the agent can make the right amount of money and we can make the right amount of money. You know, I think it all comes back down and making sure that you're also leading with somebody who's going to buy into your systems and they're going to run with your leads and they're going to uh, adapt to what your expectations are and making all those ex- expectations and standards up front because you want to be able to take what you do at the hub that you know that's proven and works and duplicatable and go to somewhere else. But then if you don't have that right partner that doesn't buy into it, they look up six months from now and you've wasted money and, they, and they're like, you know, this guy isn't cutting it, whatever it may be. And that's happened a bunch, right? So we've, we've, we've learned a lot in that. Um, and we've been successful as well, but it takes the right person in setting up those expectations in the beginning. Um, so, so average sales price is important. You know, also understanding that there's a minimum number of, sta- num- minimum number of transactions that, that that partner has to do every year. You know, they may only be doing, you know, say 10, which is okay, but yet, you know, for us to make this work, they got to be doing 24, right? They got to go to two a month. And, you know, how quickly do we get them to go there? Well, if they're not buying in and doing all the things needed and changing their habits, that might take them three years. Well, three years is a long time. Three years is a long time of not them not making the amount of profit and, and we're not making the amount of profit needed because we have a, we, have a, we know that there's a certain number based upon a certain sales price, number of transactions that need to happen, right? So if like for us, you know, someone at 250000 
average sales price or below, unless they're doing the minimum of two transactions a month, it's going to be very hard for them to make money and for us too. If somebody's doing say 300 to 350 or $400,000 average sales price. Well, at that point, okay, we can, we can then say, well, you know what? They can do one a month. That, that's okay because we know that the volume would be there and profitability would be there even though they're doing less transactions. You know, we can, we can, so that, that's one important piece that we've learned along the way. Obviously, looking at, you know, that when you expand to a location, you got to go with multiples. You can't go with just one person. All of a sudden, you go with one, and then you start pumping money into it and supporting them. And then a year from now, if they bounce, you've done all that work. You've built the website and the CRM and all that good stuff, and yet you've done it all for nothing. So when you're expanding, I would I'd suggest expand with one, I'm sorry, at least two, possibly even three in one location in case one bounces, or you select it, they self-select out, then at least you have two there. So just a couple of things that come off, you know, off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, man, th- those are all good things. Um, all, you know, definitely all lessons that we've learned too. And, you know, especially in expansion like that, you mentioned that average price point that, see, that matters. You can only split a dollar so many times, right? Right. For sure. Yeah. Every, and every, everyone's got to be able to make, and you know, it's kind of like, uh, I learned it from one of, one of my coaches, John Cheplak. He always says, you know, um, Every, everyone's got a right to, to earn a profit, you know, the agent and, and the team. And so it's got to be able to work out. You got to be able to pencil that out uh, if it's going to truly be win-win at the, at the end of the day. So definitely a good, uh, something good there to get there to think about. Let me ask you this, man. So here we are, it's 2020. Um, you've seen like, right, right. We alluded to it earlier. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? Stay at home orders, all that stuff. Um, Markets changed for a lot of people over the last six to eight weeks. Uh, it's scaring a lot of people. That's for sure. I know a lot of agents around the country that I'm talking to that are, quite frankly, they're scared. Uh, they don't know what to do. They think the world's kind of coming to an end as it, as it pertains to their business. Did you've been in the business now since for, for a while, since 92. So you've seen some ups and downs. What's your perspective on this? Like, what's your take? Not necessarily just on what's going on right now, but like what to do. Uh, to yeah. be able to make sure you're, we're still here in a few months. Well, I, I guess some things, I mean, um, you know, w- w- what should we be doing right now? I mean, there's, there's several different things. We, we study this with our, with our, um, with our team, but um, you know, you've got to study the market more than ever. Right. So I think, you know, the one is really understand, look at the numbers, concentrate on what's selling, what's going under contract, what part of the market's moving, what part of the market's not, you got to become the local, the economist of the market. You know, so that so that when someone asks you how is the market doing, you uh, you can answer to where the market is or what's going on. Um, I think that's that's uh, uh, important to know. I think that right now, uh, more than ever, from the consumer and also to the to your, um, your your database, is that we've got to speak in confidence, right? Like we have to whatever we're talking about, even though we're uncertain right now, we've got to speak with confidence and be able to portray that we know a direction or at least give a direction of some sort to a client um, or what's going on, even though we don't know. And it's okay to say, well, it's uncertain or it's a wait and see game. However, you got to give some guidance on all of that right now. So speaking with confidence is, is going to be the key. Um, you know, getting back, you know, in your database, like really getting back in your database and, and connecting with it more than ever. And if you haven't done that, you got to do it. If you haven't built your database, you got to do it. Your center of influence list from little things like just, just, you know, if you haven't done it, take your address book out of your phone and export out those, everyone, all your contact lists, your address book, put it in Excel and upload that. Like that becomes your database. You know, everybody's got a thousand people in there. Um, 
that it's, it's time to build mindshare and build off of what you know and who you know for 90 days out. Like this isn't going to be right away. I think it's 90 days, it's six months, it's a year from the activities that you do now. Um, you know, uh, gamify things, right? Like, so, so, I mean, you know, how can you, you create some games or with your database or engage them, you know, like, you know, we just did this and, and we were just featured. It was pretty cool today. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but at Nimmin, uh, we did it. We did, you know, nominate your, uh, your favorite, um, your favorite nurse or doctor. So, you know, part of this was we, we did the, the, you know, nominate your favorite nurse or doctor. We were able to get over 76 people to register. Then we got, once we delivered lunch, we asked them to provide us an email list and name, names of who was on her ward. So we got another like 20. So there's about a hundred uh, new, new people that we got to our database. And then we're going to, um, and we had a flyer done and says, look, if anybody needs any help with real estate, you know, we offer homes for heroes program, um, you know, buying and selling, whatever we want to be your go-to person. And so we're just rolling this out right now. Right. So it's just kind of the market of the moment and gamified a little bit, got engagement. Um, in the community and we rolled out. So next thing we're going to do is the teachers next. Um, you know, one of the things that we're going to do right now, we talked about on our team meeting today is, you know, how do we, how do we gamify and get everybody database? So either doing a, uh, uh, a virtual bingo trivia game, um, sidewalk, uh, uh, sidewalk chalk, like, you know, whoever can decorate our logo the best on the sidewalk for their kids, take a picture and, and whoever gets the most likes is going to win dinner for, you know, for the family, just little things like that, right? All these, and, and that's, that's like, we, you know, these are things that we did back when the market shifted and there's been some different shifts that, um, that caused us to build our database and then drip on it and then feed it. So, um, you know, there's just some ideas that, you know, we could be doing right now. Um, you know, uh, you got to make sure that you're tracking your outbound calls right now and your, we're tracking right now the Zoom set meetings and Zoom held meetings, right? That's now one of our, our um, you know, we use CSU and inside CSU, we now put that in our metrics. Every day, our agents have to report how many Zoom appointments did you set? How many Zoom appointments did you go on? Um, you know, so these are just some of the things, you know, we're just ramping things up. We're not doing, a, here's the thing, we're not doing right now just one thing. We're doing a lot of little things in a lot of ways and together it's, it's just, it's creating opportunities and, and deals. Yeah, man. It's, it's like this, it's a snowball, right? Like all this stuff starts, it starts snowballing effect, you know, it all adds on top of each other. And uh, man, I got to tell you, I absolutely love, I uh, love your nominate the, uh, the, the nurse and doctor idea there, as well as taking that in with the teacher. Um, super brilliant way of adding to your databases while simultaneously and more importantly, giving back to your community. That's a brilliant idea, man. I love that. It's cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's worked. I mean, we're getting, you know, it's overwhelming. Like the DMs I'm getting, you know, like people that know this nurse and just, it's cool. It's really, it's been, it's been a good last because this all happened yesterday. So it's been the last 24 hours. That's pretty cool. You know, I think I saw you mention that uh, in uh, one of the Facebook groups, a real estate agent Facebook group. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to go share that with, with our Facebook group, Next Level Agents as well. Because, Dude, that's, it's so smart. It's such a good way to get out there and give back to your community. Just, just this morning, somebody was asking about a way to do that uh, amongst what's kind of going on right now in the kind of in this moment in time. Uh, so that's, that's brilliant. Well, man, so, I mean, and, and, and I'll give you one other idea and not to cut yeah. you off, just, just one no, thing that we talked, about, we talked about today was, you know, okay, so we said, it, said, it, said what's the one other thing that we can do that can help 
well, business owners right now are struggling. And this whole thing about the PPP and the EIDL and, and, the, and the SBA, and it's a lot of uncertainty. Like, how does it work? So, so we talked about today is we're going to go find an expert and then get that expert to join us on Zoom. And I'm going to go out to all our business owners and invite all them to it and be the host of it, ask questions, interview the guy. And because everyone's, every business owner right now, including me, I don't understand it, how it works. Like, I haven't gotten any money yet. Like, we put the application in, but is it forgivable? How much is not? I'm just going to become a I don't know. All the questions, right? And uh, so that would, one other thing we're going to do. Like, I just think of people right now, agents right now, have to think about, you know, what is, what's the problem in the market? How can we solve it? Or how can we contribute? And at the same time, build Mindshare to be the go-to resource in all of this. Yeah. Gosh, man, I love that. That's such a, it's, you just, you boiled it down, man. It's no wonder you could have, you've had the amount of success that you've had because you were able to boil down really the key to this business in just that last couple of sentences. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. We're, we're running up on the top of the hour. Um, I know I've got to go to an appointment you do as well. Uh, but before we do that, is there, wh- what's something I should have asked you that I haven't? And you know, what, what's maybe something that uh, just on your heart that you'd love to share with other agents you want people to, to know about or think about? Well, I think that right now, I think that, look, I think there's a lot of agents that haven't, haven't adjusted, haven't adhered, haven't adapted um, to what's going on. And this isn't a staycation. Is, this, isn't, this, isn't a, this isn't going away like anytime soon. It's longer than what we think. Um, these agents have to get their heads out of the rear right, or out of the sand. They have to. I mean, it just, but there's a major portion that are scared, like you mentioned earlier, that just don't know. Um, I, I, I'm, I feel I'm fearful of those. So those agents that are out there, you know, when they, rather than exit out of the business, which is going to be a major portion of them, think about joining a team or a leader that kind of is guiding their team. Like I think the team right now is something that those agents need to, need to consider. I just, that's just my, my outlook. I just do it. Right. Because they can help support what someone has experience like you and I, they've been around and say, been there before. We understand. I mean, you know, the, the REO world, the short sale world, is that coming back? It probably is. Right. That's another source we can get into, but like there's different things that are going on. So number one is agents right now have to look up and they have to build their database more than ever and get that, get that clear. They have to learn the scripts, right? They have to learn what to say so they can build the confidence. If they don't know what to say, confidence isn't there. So if, any, if ever, there ever was a time to learn what to say, it's now. Take the time. Like now more than ever, you can work on your business than in it because you have the time. Like no one here is late for anything anymore, right? You don't have to be anywhere other than a Zoom, <laughs> right? So, so, that, so that's the thing. Like take the time right now to work on those things you haven't worked on. Um, you know, um, and, you know, there's sources. I mean, there's, look, there's still going to be expired listings that expire that are looking for a seller. For sale owners are in la-la land right now. They need help, right? There's, um, you know, there's going to be more pre-foreclosures or, or notice of default going to happen, right? Those people need, need you got to learn what to say and how to convert them, right? I mean, there's, there's just, there's so much opportunity out there right now that if they just can just look up a little bit, uh, take advantage of it. Because I think that, you know, we've always said before, forever it's the 2080 rule right where the 20% age is 80% and I always believe it's 90 it's 1090 10% sell 90 
and then it was even like five to 95, which is probably true. It's going to even be more. It's going it, you know, to be 3% sell 97%. Like it's just going to happen. Yeah, man, I, I can see it. I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, unfortunately for the people that do have their head in the sand, there's a, there's a rude awakening coming. It's been so, I don't want to say it's been easy, but in a lot of ways, it's been easy for so long. And it, now we're going to have to double down and triple down probably on our skills. And, you know, it might take three times as many phone calls and appointments to get to a signed contract or a closing than it did two years ago. And there was a lot of people that were just barely skating by then. Um, that if they don't ramp up their technical ability, their skills, knowing what to say, like you mentioned with scripts, then they're going to find themselves in a, in a new profession here pretty soon, unfortunately. And the challenge is about who's, who's going to pay them and who's going to hire them and with unemployment. Like, yeah. you know, that, that I, I feel bad, but you know, it comes down to how bad do they want it and are they willing to pay the price to get it? And if they're not, then, then unfortunately they're, they're, it's not, you know, I don't know. Just, you know, just, just being real, man. I, I think that's in, tell me what you think, but I think that's always the case, but now it's magnified. Right. And now there's some real stakes, like, because to your point, who's going to hire him like a year ago, even six months ago. Yeah. You could just go out and get hired. Like I, I had a good buddy who now he's not in real estate sales. He was in, and he, but he is in sales. He got a great opportunity in, in the title world, right. With a nice what I thought was a pretty darn good guarantee and the ability to, to grow big time on the upside, that, that's gone, man. Like, you know, there's just not, you can't go do that tomorrow. Like you could have mm -hmm. six months or a year ago, like that's gone. And so he's effectively started over and it's, you know, a lot of other people are uh, who end up getting out of this industry. They're going to have a hard time finding something that is yeah. a real opportunity for them. And um, so yeah. you might as well just dig into what you're at you know where you're at. Yeah, you're I mean, it work. I, I I think we're blessed because see whether the market's going like this upward or the market's going downward. You know, we can make money in a great booming market. Or we can make a, a money in a, a market that's that's not as good, right? Or it's declining, or things are shifting. I mean, either way, we have an opportunity because people have to always sell, have to, have to always buy. It just depends on what side and how we do it. We might have to shift our tactics or shift our sources, but. I think if you always go back to the basics of learning what to say and how to say it, you've got good work ethic and you're willing to, to learn how to present and be a salesperson, that's not going to go out of style. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. Jeff, man, I really appreciate your time and this conversation. This was, it was refreshing and uplifting too in a, in a lot of ways. And um, I just love learning from true professionals like yourself who have done this and continue to go out and make it happen every day. So I just want to just personally say thanks a lot for doing this. No, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate all that, uh, you know, you and, uh, you and Fred are doing and, and everything on your podcast and um, glad to be part of it, man. So awesome. It. Well, hey, uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Jeff Quentin. I know I did. Uh, and if you haven't yet, uh, you know, pause the episode now and go out and start doing your favorite uh, healthcare worker, favorite doctor, favorite nurse, favorite teacher. Go reward somebody in your community uh, and give back to them while building your list. That's something that I took away from this conversation that I'm going to go put into play right away. So Jeff, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thank you. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, 
digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.